When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. What is up, everybody, and welcome back in to another episode of the Uptempo Podcast. Once again, I'm your host, Blake Lane, and tonight I have a very special guest for you guys. His name is Gary Sheffield Jr. Yes, that is correct. He is coming on the pod to talk some New York Yankees baseball, and I'm extremely excited. So many questions to ask. Man, the best team in baseball right now, the Yankees at 32-13. and 13. Got a big series right now with the Tampa Bay Rays. Took a win last night. So much to talk about. Nestor Cortez Jr. just absolutely shoving last night. Uh, went eight strong and, and looking like a real Cy Young candidate and all-star starter. And hey, they're going through the injury bug right now. Guys coming up like Anduar stepping up and, and getting some big-time run. What do the Yankees do with Aaron Hicks? Could, could the Yankees actually you know trade for Juan Soto? Is that possible? And where do the Yankees start with Aaron Judge? I know I asked Eric Hubbs when he come on here, could they re-sign him? But I want to get Gary's thoughts and ask him, where do they even start? Because Aaron Judge is is playing like he's from another planet right now. So there's so much to talk about in this Yankees team, man, just looking like they are, they are headed for greatness. I mean, they are on a roll, and they are just beating the hell out of people. So... There's, there's a lot of good stuff to talk about. But first, with that being said, I want to kick it over here to Belly Up Sports Network. Each and every episode, man, we show them love for allowing our podcast to be on their network. So I'm not going to make you guys wait any longer. We're going to get right into it and try to get Gary in here. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. What's up, everybody, and welcome back in to another episode of the Uptempo Podcast. Man, we have a very special guest by the name of Gary Sheffield Jr. coming in to join us today, and I'm extremely excited. We're here to talk some New York Yankees baseball. Man, Gary, how are you doing today? I'm good, man. Uh, I, I don't even I haven't even checked the Yankees play today. I mean, I, I couldn't <laughs> believe, uh, honestly, how much we've been winning. Um, I know I was very critical of this team a long time ago, like maybe a couple months ago, but mm-hmm. You know, it, we all have to be honest with the team and what we're seeing, and I'm very happy with what the Yankees are doing. Mm-hmm. And um, there's some rumors swirling about Juan Soto, a couple guys, mm. Aaron Judge's extension. There's a lot to talk about, Nestor Cortez. Um, but it's a good time to be a Yankees fan, so I'm happy. Yeah, man, they're on a roll. It's it's so fun to watch. Uh, just guys right now, I know they're going through the injury bug, and guys stepping up and and getting it done, Anduar, you know, getting his run and his playing time, and and uh, you know they just uh, they just signed Carpenter and and him kind of making a splash last night, and and uh, they're just they're getting after it, man. The pitching has been, just been so damn good. 
Yeah, the pitching's been better than I thought it would be, to be honest with you. Yeah. I, I didn't think the pitching was going to be this good. The one thing that I always had concerns about was the innings. Mm-hmm. Um, I know a lot of people talk about ERA and, and strikeouts, and, and those are some, some obvious numbers that, that do still matter. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, if, if you don't find those 200-inning pitchers like Garrett Cole and you don't have a guy maybe who can go get you 175 to 190 innings, that does wear down the bullpen as the season goes on. So I'm still looking at that. I'm still focused on that. Um, I'm still happy that the mm-hmm. Yankees are winning baseball games, and that's all that matters right now. Mm-hmm. But I'm still wanting some more innings out of starting pitchers, and a lot of that has to do with the lineup. And if the lineup mm-hmm. can continue to score runs and do that consistently, then the Yankees are in good shape. Well, Gary, man, one thing I want to ask you, and, and I know we talked about Nestor. Uh, I want to I want to ask you, how, how big has he been for this team and is he going to be the starter for the AL in the All-Star game? And could he possibly end up winning the Cy Young? It sounds ridiculous. I don't know. It sounds ridiculous. <laughs> like, I don't, no matter who told you that Nestor Cortez was you know, a good pitcher, there's a difference between a good pitcher because there's a lot of those. Mm-hmm. Nestor Cortez is not a good pitcher. Mm-hmm. He is an elite arm in the big leagues. He And a lot of people don't see the radar gun flashing at 98, 99, and that's what you're accustomed to seeing in the big leagues. Mm-hmm. You normally see guys throwing 100 miles an hour. You see it with Corbin Burns, the, with the cut fastballs, but it's high velocity. Mm-hmm. And it makes sense to the human eye why guys aren't putting that in play. But when you watch Nestor Cortez, he does a lot like the way John Lester used to do it mm-hmm. and Clayton Kershaw. I believe Kershaw always topped out at about 94. Nestor's probably about 92, 93. And mm-hmm. he's mastered spin. He's mastered location and getting the ball up in the zone, getting the hitter's eyes to essentially make you want to swing at pitches that are not inside the strike zone. And once you've mastered that craft, it might look a little silly and a little unorthodox, but he's as good as anyone right now. Yeah, man. I mean, what he did last night against Tampa, I mean, it was incredible, man. He is an absolute stud. Would you call him the ace of this team right now? Right now, I would say he's the ace. And Mm -hmm. that's just because... His baseline start and what you can expect on any given day is an excellent start. Mm-hmm. Our expectation is he's going to give you five strong innings, whether or not he has his location. Early on the season, he had, I believe he pitched against Detroit. He did not have his location at all. He was missing up in the zone consistently. His pitch count went through the roof. Mm-hmm. And yet somehow, some way, he decided that he was going to find a way to get through five innings to keep the Yankees in the game. And his worst stuff right now that he can bring to the table, he's just not going deep into the game. Mm -hmm. And that's what an ace has got to do. An ace has to find a way, even if he doesn't have his stuff, to be effective and give us a chance to win. And right now, today, in a wild card game at do or die game seven, I'm giving the ball to Nestor. That sounds Mm -hmm. crazy, but based on what he's done over the past year and a half, two years, I have no reason to doubt the guy. Yeah, man, I agree 100%. And and uh, game seven on the line, I'm right there with you. He's getting the ball, man. Uh, Gary, one thing I want to ask you is I know the bullpen's kind of beat up. Some bad news, you know, coming out of there. Uh, Green and, and, and Chapman and everybody just going on the I.L., man. Um, I want to ask you about Clay Holmes, man. I mean, he looks dominant. Is is he the new closer of this of this ball club? He's last year's Johnny Lowe, and mm. we have to give Brian Cashman credit. I've been hard on him over the years, mm-hmm. but we have to give Cashman and Matt Blake credit for what they did with Clay Holmes, 
Mm-hmm. Last year, what they did with Johnny Lowe last year, and and Jonathan Lewisica hasn't been himself this year. Yep. But Clay Holmes has ex- essentially extended his success in the back half, coming from Pittsburgh to New York. He's been real. I mean, he was excellent last year. Clay Holmes was every bit of what they hoped he could be, mm-hmm. and he's really just extended off of that and improved himself. And as of now, Clay Holmes has a real shot to be this team's closer long term. And mm. that's a great thing, considering the fact that the Yankees are expecting Zach Britton and Aroldis Chapman to come off the books this next upcoming year. Mm. That's about $30 million coming off the books. And we have somebody already on the roster who can fill in those spots. So Yankees fans have to be happy about it. Mm, man. Uh, Gary, talking about money and, and $30 million, man, there's a guy out in the outfield for the Yankees, and he's playing like he's on another planet right now. Where do the Yankees even begin to try to sign Aaron Judge? Well, that's the interesting thing because the Yankees were trying to extend Aaron Judge early on in the season, and it made sense. Mm-hmm. And they were trying to get him at the number, I believe it was $230 million, which is a fair offer. My initial reaction was that he was going to get about seven years to 10, which runs you about $30 million a year. But understanding that sometimes – Players do want market value. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with that. A lot of a lot of us say, well, how much money is too much money? But until you're the one giving up the money, we can't really say much. And I, I can't blame Aaron Judge for wanting a big a bigger extension with the Yankees considering he knows they can afford it. Mm-hmm. And he decided to bet on himself. And all he's done ever since then was be the best player in the league outside mm-hmm. of maybe Manny Machado. Mm-hmm. And he's been the best player with the most pressure. He's in a contract year. So I honestly say he's having a better season than Manny Machado, given the fact that he's earning a contract right mm-hmm. here, right now. And that asking price has probably gone up $75 million. Sounds silly. But you have to ask yourself, not what is a fair offer for Aaron Judge, but what can he get on the open market? And based on the player we're seeing, $300 million sounds about right. So mm. it's, it's definitely dangerous waters for the Yankees with a 30-year-old player. But... Uh, you know, that's why they don't pay me to be the GM. Somebody else has to make that call. <laughs> uh, well, man, I had uh, I had Eric Hubbs on here. You know, back when the Yankees started out five and five, and we talked a little bit about it, and uh, and he, and he was saying that, that that they have to get him back and they have to give him whatever he wants. And uh, I mean, I just I can't see him leaving New York. Do you? You know, honestly, I can. I never want to see Aaron Judge leave the New York Yankees. I just don't want to see that. But at the same time, can I see it happening? Yeah, I can see a realistic possibility that it does happen. Because Mm. now that you're bringing Aaron Judge potentially to free agency, we're now involving every other organization. Mm -hmm. Well, everybody else in the Yankees organization in terms of the fan base, they're sitting here throwing out numbers for Aaron Judge as if a fair offer is what's going to get it done. But once you get into a contract year and a player's playing like the MVP of the league, once you what's fair and what you've earned, you're going to get more than you probably deserve. Mm-hmm. And and that's just the way it goes. Because mm-hmm. if Aaron Judge is a free agent, we're now putting Steve Cohen, we're putting the Los Angeles Angels in play, we're putting the Dodgers in play. All these major markets, the Seattle Mariners have money to spend. The Chicago Cubs could potentially go get Aaron Judge. And mm-hmm. there's quite a few teams that are going to be looking at Aaron Judge and say, why wouldn't we give this guy a 10-year contract, which sounds ridiculous for a 30-year-old player, a player entering year, his 
31st year of his life mm-hmm. for a 10-year deal. That sounds outrageous, but some team out there is going to look at it and say, I'd rather give three horrendous years on the back end of that contract for five or six elite Aaron Judge years, and the Yankees have to compete with that offer, and that's mm-hmm. dangerous. So once the Yankees are looking at those offers potentially from other organizations and that, that number starts to get really uncomfortable, you start making poor decisions. And the Yankees, I know they don't want to make poor decisions with their money. <laughs> Nobody does. Mm-hmm. And when a guy's a free agent, things tend to happen that way. It's, 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 uh, I, I agree with Eric Cubs that we, we should be paying Aaron Judge anything we can. Mm-hmm. But how much money is too much money for a guy who is 30? Do the Yankees pivot maybe for a Juan Soto? Mm. What happens there? And then nobody knows the answer to that. Brian Cashman's going to have to answer those questions in the next six to eight months. And it's it's a hard question to answer. So, Gary, let me ask you this, man. With Like you just said with Soto, what kind of package – what kind of package would you put together? I know the Yankees have a couple prospects down there with Dominguez and Volpe, and and you know I've heard Schmidt's name get thrown around every now and then on Twitter. Uh, what kind of package would you throw together for Soto? And did the Yankees really have a realistic shot of of landing? You know, based on their track record and how they've developed young talent in terms of position players, because that's most of the talent that we've talked about, what we've heard about in the rumors of these deals. A lot of it's position player talent. Mm -hmm. And the Yankees have not done a great job developing position players. Aaron Judge is the one player that the Yankees have developed from their system that's really turned elite. And other organizations are going to be paying attention to that. So when it comes to the package, I'm sure Washington and any potential Juan Soto deal would be asking for everything the Yankees have. Mm Mm-hmm. Whatever you possibly have in your farm system, we're wiping you clean. Because Juan Soto, not only is he arguably one of the game's best bats, he's not playing excellent right now, he's not playing up to his standards, but mm-hmm. he's probably the game's best bat, outside of maybe Mike Trout. Mm-hmm. So if that's the truth, and Juan Soto has not just this year of control, he has next year of control, he's, he's not a free agent for two more seasons after this. Mm-hmm. So the Yankees have to understand if we did go make a trade for Juan Soto, he's a Scott Boris client. He will become a, an unrestricted free agent. It's going to be very difficult to get him into an extension before he's a free agent, which tells Brian Cashman, we're not going to have to extend this guy for two years. So if the Yankees want to extend Aaron Judge, which I presume they, they want to do that, mm-hmm. and they go deal for Juan Soto, which will take your entire farm system, every last piece we could ever mention. You're going to extend Aaron Judge, and you don't have to worry about Juan Soto for a couple of years. That guy that you're bringing in in Juan Soto is one of the most valuable assets in the league. So if it comes down to it and Washington wants to send over Juan Soto for everything <laughs> that we've got, I like the team we've got right now. Based on what we're getting out of Nestor Cortez mm-hmm. and, and what we have uh, you know, currently on the mound, Bringing Juan Soto in with two years of control is potentially a World Series winning move. Mm. And that's the way the Yankees have to be operating. And does it mean that we necessarily are going to put together the best package and get him? I don't think we can. Uh, based on based on what I see in the farm system, there's a few other farm systems out there that, you know, the few other farm systems out there that can throw out a better offer than us, but mm. will they? And, and it's, it's definitely difficult to figure out where Juan will go, but you know, I personally I can't see him being traded this year. Maybe this is an off season move, but 
But yeah, I can see Aaron Judge leaving. I can also see potentially the Yankees giving up everything they can for for Juan Soto. So it's stressful times in New York, but also great times because we're winning baseball games. Mm. Man. Uh, Gary, two things I want to – about two guys I want to ask you about, man, is one is Aaron Hicks and the other one is Joey Gallo. Man, what in the world do the Yankees do with these two guys? I mean, <laughs> it, it's tough right now to even watch them get at bats, in, in my opinion. Well, Aaron Judge is – Aaron Judge, Aaron Hicks. I can't even believe I just mispronounced Aaron Hicks <laughs> with Aaron Judge. I'm sorry, Aaron. <laughs> Aaron Hicks – Right now, currently, as he stands, mm-hmm. is not healthy. Okay. He's not only is he not healthy, while he was healthy, he couldn't hit. Mm-hmm. He couldn't hit for contact. He couldn't hit for power. Mm-hmm. He His best attribute was his ability to walk. And to be quite frank with you, if you're staring at that number, you can't sit here and act like we know much about baseball if walking is that important. Oh. Walking is an important statistic. We have to look at it. Mm-hmm. have to consider it. The analytics guys are not complete idiots. Mm-hmm. They're just not. But when you are saying the center fielder for the New York Yankees, his only ability to get on base is to hold the bat on his shoulder and walk. Mm. He can't throw anymore because of shoulder issues. He can't, really doesn't have the range that he used to. Mm-hmm. If you don't have range, you can't have for contact, you can't have for power. You can't do anything other than walk. How can anyone argue that you should be on the team? In mm. my humble opinion, Aaron Hicks should be DFA. Mm. And that's just the way it goes. Is it difficult to swallow $30 million? Sounds like it is. But when an organization makes 600 roughly, I'd say on average they make about $650 million a year. Mm-hmm. When you make that type of money and a player is bringing you absolutely no production whatsoever, same with Joey Gallo. Mm-hmm. You get rid of their guys. You get rid of those guys, mm-hmm. and that's just the way it goes. And it is unfortunate. I'm, I'm a huge fan of Aaron Hicks as a man, as a guy, and he's a great guy. But this is the New York Yankees. This is professional baseball, and I'm not going to sit here and beg for guys to continue in their role just for the sake of them having a job. I'm not taking any money out of Aaron Hicks' pocket. Aaron Hicks is going to make that thirty million dollars, whether. I like it or not. I'm happy mm-hmm. for the guy. He's made money for the rest of his family's lives. He's taking care of his family. He's taking care of his parents. Mm-hmm. All that is awesome. But as a baseball player, he has absolutely no business in center field for the Yankees. None. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, I I agree 100. Uh, percent It is it is tough, and I know I, I'm a part of a Yankees community on Twitter, man, and and I got just absolutely torched uh, about three weeks ago. I said that Aaron Hicks. You know, just no longer a part of this team. He, they, they got to get rid of him. They got to find a way. And just people just crawled me, man. And they were just oh, yeah. all over me. And and like, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. And and you know, and like I said, man, I had hubs on here, and and he said the same thing as you, man. And and it's just it. That's not it's not the Yankee way. And 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 to look out there in center field, and and I just, I mean, his, in my opinion, man, his outs are just so loud to me. They just runners in scoring position what he I think he's like three for 26 this year or something like that and I think they were in Detroit uh earlier in the year and there was runners on second and third with one out and he pops up to the to I think it was Baez or or whoever the Tigers had playing yeah, short he, like, that day. Fly ball the center field. It was the weirdest thing I ever saw yeah and, and I'm just like 
I'm just like, man, I mean, and then he's like grounding out to the pitcher with, with a runner on third and one out and everything. I'm just like, man, come on. You know, it, it's just aggravating. But, man, Gallo, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, it's just like strike out or walk. And, and I mean, I don't know. I watched him in Texas, you know, and and I thought when he went to the short porch, man, I was so excited because I was like, man, this dude's about to hit 40 home runs. Right. And then, you know, night in, night out, like last night, I mean, he couldn't hit the the broadside of a barn. You know, I mean, it's just like when he steps in the box, man, I just feel just all confidence just leaves me. And I just don't know what the Yankees do. I I don't know what they do with Gallo, man. You know the real issue with Joey Gallo? I actually think Joey Gallo is still a good player. This is the way I feel about Joey. Mm-hmm. Joey Gallo has been put in a situation with an organization that doesn't need what he brings to the table. Mm-hmm. And that's something that not every Yankees fan has considered in my from my point of view. Mm-hmm. And Joey Gallo was in a situation in Texas where the entire organization was perfectly okay. Nobody paid attention. If he struck out four times in a night, if he struck out five times in a night, and then the following day, he hit two home runs because he understood the organization is putting me on the field to play elite defense and to put the ball in the seats. Mm-hmm. But now that he came to New York, it became painfully obvious that he doesn't have any ability to make an adjustment at the plate. And not only does he not have any ability to make the adjustment, but he's actually going on Yes Network, or not even Yes, but he's actually going on podcasts and pretending like DJ LeMahieu was born with some other type of skill set that Joey Gallo just has no ability to hone into. <laughs> He just, he just like, I, it's almost like he's acting like he's handicapped. And that's just not the reality. He's a very talented baseball player. Yeah. And he just not, has not embraced making adjustments. Major League Baseball is very difficult. It's the reason I'm not playing. It's the reason you're not playing. Mm-hmm. All of us would love to play in Major League Baseball. 100%. But when you get up to that level and you're failing this, this badly, you have got to look yourself in the mirror. Say, what can I do to make an impact? And Joey Gallo's skill set, what he's worked on over the course of his career, he hasn't honed in a craft to be able to make adjustments. He's used to playing the game the same way every day and having nobody question his path to being productive. And Mm. once he got to New York, he started striking out three times. He got booed and he said, maybe I should spray a ball the other way. And he started to get in his head. Am I not as good as I was as when I was in Texas? Maybe I'm not that good. Mm. And you can see it on his face that he's just not confident in being himself. And that doesn't mean he's not a good baseball player. I've been in my head before on the field mm-hmm. on all levels of baseball. Anyone who's played baseball has at one moment played for one organization, one college team. You mm-hmm. felt like a million bucks. And you think, well, if I just go maybe transfer to this other this other team, this other school under this coach, I'm going to feel – I'm going to be a championship player. I'm going to be an even better player. And then mm-hmm. you get there. And that organization starts asking you to do different things that you haven't worked on, and you start feeling terrible about yourself. And right now, I just think Joey Gallo has no idea what his identity is in New York. Mm -hmm. And once he stopped hitting home runs with a lack of confidence, he essentially became a black hole in the the lineup, and it's just disappointing to watch. Mm, Man, you hit the nail on the head, Gary, man. It's tough to watch. It is absolutely frustrating, man. One thing I want to ask you, Gary, man, is is how far do you think this Yankees team can go? Could this Yankees team possibly win the World Series? I think they have a puncher's chance, and that's something that mm-hmm. 
sounds ridiculous because the Yankees' record right now, it seems as though any team with a record like this, you would assume this team is probably a favorite. I mean, a favorite in the American League and mm-hmm. at least to make it to the World Series. But based on the way the team's built, I think they're about two bats short. If I had to, if I had to put it in words, they're about two bats short. You, you can't win a World Series when you have a black hole in left field and center field. You, mm-hmm. you need some type of production there. The pitching pitching staff has been better than I ever anticipated. I give Matt Blake credit. Like I said, Brian Cashman credit. All the people in that front office deserve credit for what this pitching staff has done, as well as the players. But in terms of being able to score enough runs, teams that usually win a World Series have an ability to put runs on the board. And I just need to see more consistency out of these bats. And frankly... I can't even say this lineup's inconsistent. We just have like two or three bats that are just automatic outs. Mm-hmm. And if the Yankees could alleviate some of those holes, I think we have a real shot of winning a World Series. So that's that's at least exciting. Mm, man. Well, Gary, man, let me get your top five MLB teams right now. Oh, man. Let, let, let me look at the standings real quick. I have right in front of them. So, <laughs> all, right. all right. So I, I didn't. I should have assumed this. I honestly, I won't put these in order. I'll, I'll just put mm-hmm. maybe the top five in there. Houston and, and Anaheim are two teams that just flat out rake. They mm-hmm. always find ways to hit. And that division's tough when you have two teams like that in the AL West. And Anaheim is a lot better pitching team than anyone, I think, anticipated. Because no one really gives them any credit. I know they signed Noah Syndergaard there. And mm-hmm. I can't remember who else they brought in, but... To be honest with you, they've been pretty good on the mound as well. Yep. Shohei is is starting to get back on track to being the Shohei we remember. And Mike Trout is a joke, so I gotta <laughs> put Houston. I gotta put Houston and Anaheim in there. Gotta put my Yankees in there. Mm-hmm. And right now, I know it sounds ridiculous just because of the records, but the Boston Red Sox are one of the best teams in the league right now. They just are, and That's a true. lot of that had to do with Trevor Story and a guy mm-hmm. who's just been swinging the hottest bat in baseball is J.D. Martinez. That dude's mm-hmm. hit like 375 with pop. And when you have a hitter's park like that with two guys who are just sensational, Xander Bogarts, uh, Rafael Devers, they have an elite lineup. They just have to find ways to get outs. And I always trust lineups before, and before worrying about pitching staff. So mm-hmm. Austin, to me, is very scary. I'm, I don't know if they're too far back to really start making noise anytime soon, but they, they are dangerous. 8-2 in their last 10, so I'll put them in there. Minnesota's got to get some credit. I mean, they're 27 and 18, but mm-hmm. overall, that division to me is just not very good. So I don't really know where to put them. I'm going to go, let's see, I'll, I'll finalize my top five because there's a lot of, actually, some pretty good teams. <laughs> so I got to put the Dodgers in there. Mm-hmm. I got to put the Padres in there just based on their starting rotation and Manny mm-hmm. Machado, just strictly. The Milwaukee Brewers are in there and the Mets. <laughs> And I'll just go Yankees. And that's tough because the Major League Baseball has about – there's probably about eight or nine teams I could list you. Yeah. Houston, Anaheim, New York, Tampa's a threat. Boston's mm-hmm. a major threat, especially out of the wild card. Minnesota's 27 and 18. The New York Mets are the Mets. Mm-hmm. And, and they haven't faltered yet, so I'm not going to sit there and put a fork in them just because of the Mets and what they've done in the history. But they're an elite team. Milwaukee is – they've got two guys who are – Top of the top flight rotation, guys. No doubt. And then you've got the Dodgers and Padres. So that's not that's like nine or ten teams that can win a World Series. Man, and that you know that's dangerous. So I'm sure in the during the trade market, if Juan Soto ever becomes available, any of these 
any of these contenders can be looking at a maybe an arm of Luis Castillo from Cincinnati and saying, mm-hmm. maybe we are that one or two moves, one or two moves away from winning a World Series, and and that's a good thing for the sport, I believe. Mm, man, hell of a breakdown, Gary. Absolutely loved it, man. Uh, you know, one thing I, I want to ask you, winding down, man, is uh, I want you know just talk a little bit about your playing career and what made you want to get into the the media side of things and and be a big voice in Major League Baseball. You know, when I was in high school, I always felt like I made a mistake of playing outfield. My mm-hmm. body, I was always like five nine, five ten, but I was a more slim build. I played center field, and I got credit in terms of like being first team All State two mm-hmm. times in high school. And I ended up playing junior college, which is actually very competitive out in Arizona, and eventually committed to Florida State, got hurt, ended up playing at a smaller school. Mm-hmm. But I always knew when I played on baseball teams, I was more, always more of like the clown on the field. I was messing around and just making everybody have fun. And I always told myself, I want to get into TV. Even if I play Major League Baseball, I want to get on the television. I want to make people laugh. And I want to talk to people who disagree with me, maybe people who agree with me, and just talk baseball. I love baseball. been watching Yes Network since I was a kid, 10 or 12 years old. And I was just a huge fan of a lot of the guys who are just big time in, in, in media. And I was told myself, I want to be one of those guys one day. Maybe I can build on it, grow on it, and be even bigger. So, I mean, I always just enjoyed media from afar. And then I figured once baseball was winding down, I know enough about baseball that maybe I can do this myself. And then as my Twitter started to grow, I decided now I'm going to start a podcast and we're working on, on that now with NYY News TV. Mm-hmm. It's been a great time. And we're, I know we're, we're going June 25th to Yankee Stadium. We have got like 150 people showing up. And we're going wow. to meet everybody. It's going to be a blast. And yeah, baseball, baseball is the best game in the world. And people need to yep. understand that I'm not trying to speed the game up. I'm not trying, trying to make their less baseball. I'm trying to get people to understand why they should love this game as much as I do, and that's my only goal. Well, Gary, man, last thing I want to ask you is, does the Gary Sheffield belong in the Hall of Fame? Yes, he does. And and not only does he belong in the Hall of Fame, Andrew Jones, Barry Bonds, mm-hmm. the list goes on. There's about 10 guys that are on the ballot currently that I see should be in the Hall of Fame. There's guys who have worked their tails off for Mm-hmm. I mean, my dad worked his tail off for 35 years mm-hmm. playing from Little, from Little League. He always knew he wanted to be a professional baseball player. He lived out his dream, made it into the Milwaukee Brewers organization, played for seven different teams. I mean, he was just scratching for his life to make yep. it into the big leagues and to finally make an impact. He invented the bat wiggle. Man. And and he's he's doing all that stuff. And for people to be playing wiffle ball as, as children – Mm-hmm. And to be trying to emulate somebody and then to turn around and have that guy not be in a Hall of Fame, a museum for the best players of all time, I just I can't understand it. Any writer that's any writer that's voting currently who doesn't think my dad's a Hall of Famer, mm-hmm. I would love to sit down, have a respectful conversation and just ask them, what do you need to see from my dad number wise? What do you need to see from my dad in terms of the man that he is? Because I know the people who have met my dad they have nothing but good things to say. And mm. if somebody is a great guy and hit 509 home runs, hit almost 300 for his career, mm-hmm. like 1,600 RBIs for his career, that guy should be in the Hall of Fame. And, and it's just that simple to me. Yeah, Gary, I had to ask you, man, because uh, me growing up, look, I'm, I'm 31 years old, man, and uh, your dad – 
you talking about wiffle ball, I used to be that kid out in the front yard doing the bat wiggle and, and you know, hitting the ball as far as I could and, and just imitating your dad and, and watching him with the Yankees and just, I mean, and then for them to just deny him and, and like you said, you know, Barry Bonds and all those greats, man, just, right. I mean, it's blasphemy. Like, there's no way in hell they should be left out of the Hall of Fame. Uh, in my opinion, man, they're the guys who actually saved baseball. Um, they saved it when it was uh, at a point where they needed something to happen, and they saved baseball. And uh, I would love to be—I uh, would love to be a fly on the wall if you ever got that conversation, because uh, it is—it's—it's it's just piss poor that that he's not in the hall, man. And and I had to ask you that. No, no, I appreciate it because a lot of people that, you know, there's some people who do think like that he shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame, maybe that mm-hmm. he's rough around the edges, that he was a mean guy. And just, I mean, knowing him my whole life, he's, he is everything that you saw, like everything that the media had a perception of who Derek Jeter was, always playing the game the right way mm-hmm. and playing hard, playing hurt, being clutch, playing in the postseason, making mm-hmm. big catches. My dad cared about all those things, and he did it well. And in a game that was dying, and, and yeah. anyone will tell you that baseball was struggling in terms, and it was never going to die. Mm-hmm. It's like the rap game. Everybody says that rap's dead and, and <laughs> baseball's dead, and I understand. And I understand that, like, mm-hmm. the, if the ratings are going down, all that stuff. But who's there to play hard and get it done when you need it? And that was that whole quote-unquote steroid era that they want to just umbrella all these different players and there's not a single writer today that's ever not voted for my dad that's given my dad a phone call and said what happened ask him questions the details of what happened you can ask as many questions as you want my dad has answers he's willing to do so because Mm -hmm. my dad knows he's he's not going to be validated by the baseball hall of fame Mm -hmm. but for me personally when my dad's long gone I want to turn around and go back to a museum with my kids, with my grandchildren, and mm. say, this is your great-grandpa, and he made this type of impact on baseball. And I, like you said, you're 31 years old. Mm-hmm. There's people who are 11, 12 years old who have no idea who Gary Sheffield is. Mm. They have no clue. And the Baseball Hall of Fame is responsible for our youth understanding who a lot of those great players were in the past. And I hope that the Baseball Hall of Fame gives him his recognition He's worked hard for it, mm-hmm. and I know he's not going to fight the way I will to get him to the Hall of Fame. But mm. you know, it's a it's a fight I'm willing to take every day. Man, that's awesome stuff, Gary. Man, I, I really appreciate you digging into that. And uh, man, that, that that's uh, you got me got me a little emotional over here, man. You fighting for your dad yeah, like that, and uh, I appreciate it, man. man. It 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 means a lot because I know I'd I'd go to war for my dad the same way. So. Uh, Man, Gary, I, I really appreciate you joining me today and giving me your time, man. And, and um, you know, I, I'll, I always ask my guests, man, you know, maybe around like the all-star break, if I could get you back on here and we could recap some more Yankees baseball, man. How do you feel about that? That would be amazing. But if, if we if we absolutely collapse, let's keep it to 10, 15 minutes. If we <laughs> collapse, because I, I don't know if I'm going to want to show my face. <laughs> <laughs> man, that's a deal. That's a deal, Gary. Man, hey, like I said, I appreciate you coming on, and, and we'll talk soon, Gary. Absolutely anytime, man. Thank you. All right, man. Wow, everybody. Gary Sheffield, Jr., what a guy, man. Uh, like I said, Got me a little, got me a little emotional, man. Uh, 
him him fighting for his dad like that. Uh, I think that was, in my opinion, the best part of the episode. It was raw. He was real about it. And damn it, put Gary Sheffield into the Hall of Fame. Put Gary Sheffield into the Hall of Fame. It's a joke. It's time. It's time. Get him up there to 75, 80% and put him in. All right? Put him in. He worked his ass off for that moment. Put him in. And Gary, man, I appreciate you coming on, talking the Yankees baseball and recapping the, the season, you know, that they've had, the first quarter and, and uh, you know, just breaking all the big questions I had down, man. It was absolutely amazing. Um, so, you know, hey, that's another one, man. What a great interview. I had a blast. Gary, such a good guy. Uh, hit me back on, on Twitter and, and retweeted my tweet, and I absolutely appreciate it and, and – Man, this has been an amazing time, an amazing journey, and I really enjoy doing these interviews and, and talking some Yankees baseball. So with that being said, guys, I, I will catch you all on the next one, and uh, I'm out. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.